0: part 5 section 2 chapter 2 of short history of the christian church by john fletcher hurst this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 2 the separation of church and state the church had been a part of the colonial system the citizen had been taxed for the support of the church in massachusetts colony only the man who was a member of the church could hold political office in maryland and virginia and some other southern colonies the established church of england was as fully a part of the system of civil government as in england itself there was a great variety in the mode of connection between the church and the colonial government but the connection was positive and strong even in the more liberal colonies like delaware and pennsylvania no one could vote unless he professed faith in christ when the revolution severed the civil bonds with england a strong tendency towards the separation of the church from all political government immediately set in the general conscience demanded that the new republic should leave the largest liberty to the individual judgment the people insisted on placing the support of the church in all its departments upon the voluntary judgment of the adherents this assertion of the voluntary principle in ecclesiastical support and government was one of the most original of all the great phenomena of this stage of our national life virginia was the scene of the first great movement to carry into practical effect the voluntary principle to the baptists belongs the honor of being the herald they began amid the first excitement of the revolutionary struggle in the first continental congress they laid their complaints before the massachusetts delegates and the large numbers of the baptist body and their patriotic action during the war made their appeal such that it could not well be refused in seventeen seventy five after a struggle of twenty-seven years against the established church of virginia they presented to the house of assembly of virginia a petition quote, that they might be allowed to worship God in their own way without interruption, to maintain their own ministers separate from others, and to be married, buried, etc., without paying the clergy of other denominations. Quote. At the first meeting of the Presbytery of Hanover, Virginia, after the commencement of the war, that body presented a lengthy and able petition for religious liberty in their movement they had the cooperation of the quakers in seventeen seventy seven and seventeen seventy eight the contest between the friends and enemies of the establishment became still fiercer and against the proposal to enjoin a general assessment for the support of all denominations which seemed very likely to be adopted the presbytery of hanover presented a remonstrance in which we find this strong language quote, as it is contrary to our principles and interest, and, as we think, subversive of religious liberty, we do again most earnestly entreat that our legislature would never extend any assessment for religious purposes to us or to the congregations under our care. Quote. The proposed assessment was abandoned. Thomas Jefferson, who in matters religious was to all intents and purposes a frenchman has the honor of being one of the earliest and most consistent advocates of religious freedom this broad-minded statesman saw that virginia differed in no way from new england in the matter of toleration in his notes on virginia he says quote, the first settlers of virginia were emigrants from england of the english church just at the point of time when it was flushed with complete victory over the religions of all other persuasions. Possessed, as they became, of the powers of making, administering, and executing the laws, they showed equal intolerance in this country with their Presbyterian, i.e. Congregationalist, brethren who had emigrated to the northern government." After speaking of the penalties inflicted upon parents who refused to have their children baptized, and of the severe punishments, including even death, to which the Quakers were exposed, he continues, If no capital executions took place here, as there did in New England, it is not owing to the moderation of the church or the spirit of the legislature, as may be inferred from the law itself. But to historical circumstances which have not been handed down to us. Quote. It was Jefferson who drew up the Statute of Religious Liberty, which was passed in the Virginia legislature in 1785, which abolished all civil distinction of creeds. Other states proceeded with more caution. The constitutions of New York, Delaware, and Maryland excluded priests and ministers from all public offices in new york state a test oath against the catholics remained in force until 1806 in massachusetts for many years after the beginning of the national period severe discriminations against dissenters were still in force in order to be exempt from taxation a certificate had to be presented showing that the holder was a regular attendant on some religious denomination other than the congregational from 1780 to 1811, it was also necessary for every religious society to be incorporated if it would be exempt from taxes. The Catholics were kept out of office until 1821, and the last vestige of the union of church and state was not swept from the statute book of Massachusetts until 1833. Connecticut accomplished the same work in 1818 most of the state constitutions notably provided for full religious liberty. A singular provision of the New Jersey state constitution was to the effect that no Protestant inhabitant shall be deprived of his civil and political rights. It was not until 1844 that a new constitution suppressed this invidious clause. The Constitution of North Carolina, 1776, was quite rigid it provided that no man who did not believe in the existence of god and in the protestant religion and in the divine authority of the old and new testaments could hold any office in the state in eighteen thirty five the word christian was substituted for protestant in new hampshire the shameful statute which prohibited catholics from the office of governor and from having a seat in the senate and house of representatives remained in force until 1876. It is strange that this lonely survival of the old barbarism persisted so long in so enlightened a commonwealth. But even to this day the Constitution of New Hampshire expressly discriminates against the Jews and Catholics. The effort to make it non-sectarian failed in 1889. End of chapter 2